0: This is Ray Houghton, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well, what a week we've had. Six points, 13 goals, five of which scored by Metro back to the top of the league with Bournemouth losing at Luton and the Hoodoo at home to Bristol City well and truly broken. It's fair to say the team's in absolutely scintillating form at the moment. Baldo and Will with me to look back over the sensational 6-2 victory over the Robins, plus we'll have a look ahead to Tuesday night's game in hand with Birmingham City too. My name is Matt Boisclare and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. (laughs) All right, lads. Well, it was no surprise that Marco Silva decided to stick with the same 11 players that emphatically dismantled Reading on Tuesday night. It's been quite the start of the year for us, hasn't it? Will, give me your thoughts on the past few days, and in particular, the latest Annihilation.
1: Yeah, it's been great. I mean, when Fulham win games, it's just a much better feeling. Like Everywhere, you know, on, on social media especially, you know, sometimes it's quite toxic, but um, with the game, with the games winning, it's just been it's been all good. Um and yeah, I think if we carry on this form, it's like when we first started with Marco Silva, the optimism's so high at the moment. It's great.
0: I feel like you've massively underplayed that. We've just won seven 0 and six two. Baldo, come on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is hard, you know, not to get not to get excited about it. you. Know, you are sort of running out of words to to describe this team. You know, it's happened it's happened on so many occasions this year where we, you know, we put four or five buses. In fact, I was looking at it for um, for this game because I know we you know, we scored in batches. I'm, I was trying to think what other games have we scored five goals in the... I and mean, it's just happened to me. Too. I completely forgot about Huddersfield, for instance, right at the start of the season. I forgot we put five past them because it's just been happening on such a regular basis that we've been scoring in numbers that you know you just you just completely forget about them. The team is just so exciting to watch, let and some me, of the
0: let me just intervene here and give you some numbers because I've had a look. We scored three or more goals eleven times out of our 25, goal, um, 25 games this season. We scored three goals three times, four goals four times. We scored five once, as you just said against Huddersfield six once at the weekend, and then seven twice. This team's sensational. And these two games in the last, last you know, less than a week or so have been absolutely superb, haven't they?
2: They have been. And I suppose the only thing, I know a lot of people have bring, been bringing it up, and I suppose you're the only one of us to sort of talk about this, but has this side been more exciting than the Tagana side, Frenchie? You're the only one of, of the three of us that has experienced both. Um, so I just feel like the question really should be, you know, turn the table is this side better at least more entertaining wise than the than the Tagana one was
0: it's really difficult to say I can't say that they're more entertaining um because that Tagana side was absolutely superb as well and the beauty of that Tagana side was the pace that we had you know with Sahar and with Boamorte and Barry Hales you know Boamorte and Barry Hales both got 18 goals each in the league that season Louis Sahar got 27 incredible return Whereas you know Mitrovic has already got 27 goals in the league, and we've got 21 games left. It's it's very difficult to to argue either way, really. But you can't say that Mitrovic is a is a better all round striker than Louis Sahar because he hasn't got the pace. But but what he does have is this knack of being in the right place at the right time. He bullies defenders. You look at those goals he scored at the weekend, and not only the goals, but the way he sets uh, sets. Goals up as well, and his involvement, although not directly, in the Fabio Carvalho one by pulling the defender out wide to open up that space. It's it's, it's very difficult. They're they're two very different sides, but both equally as entertaining. Um, and it's we'll have to we'll have to look back at the end of the season, I suppose. Look at the numbers. Look at the the amount of points we get and the amount of goals we got. Uh, to, to see, but it, it was very different times back then. I think I think you see better players in the championship all round now than you did back then. I remember back then there being a lot of ageing central defenders who were quite slow, maybe looking for one last final payday, having you know not, not being good enough to play in the Premier League anymore. But now play now teams sign players to try and blood them ready to go up. So, so yeah. In in uh, to answer your question, I, I can't at the moment because we've only had half a season with these players so far. Um, but but either way, I, I mean, we don't necessarily need to compare the two because they're they're two outstanding seasons. And this season's going to be record breaking without doubt. I mean, I've got some more numbers here. As I said, Sahar and Mitrovic both with twenty seven goals. Mitro still with um, with twenty one games left. I mean, Sahar got his twenty seven in 43 games 10 of which were penalties i'm not sure how many of mitra's have been penalties maybe three or four but he's got 27 in 24 because remember he didn't play in that derby game so he hasn't he hasn't played in every game this season but then we've also got harry wilson on nine Cabano on seven and fabio carvalho with with five goals as well halfway through the season so they're probably going to add to those um add to those tallies as well it's just an amazing team isn't it lads
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is, and like you say, I think it's important that we highlight Carvalho's goals, Caballo's goals, and uh, Wilson's goals because yeah, when we went up under Parker last time, it just seemed to be Mitrovic and two from someone else, two from someone else. But there's there's almost three players on double figures, you know. That that's that's really impressive and. Wilson as well, I think he's on, was he eight goals, nine assists or something like that? It's crazy. He's he's got nine
0: goals. Nine goals, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And his assists are are crazy. So, Yeah. yeah, I think it's great that the whole team's chipping in. Because in the past, we have relied quite heavily on Mitrovic. And I'm not saying we're doing that. We're not doing that again, because we are a bit. But at the same time, I think we can comfortably win games without Mitrovic too.
0: We're not, we're not relying on him though. This is the last, last stat I'm going to give you now. Um, I, I just made some crazy notes before I came on. Uh, we scored 64 goals, um, and if you take off Mitrovic's 27 goals that he scored this season, that puts us on 37 goals, which is still more than all but three teams in the in the division have scored have scored all season. It's it's a crazy stat, and it's you know whenever anybody in in our team chat starts having a wobble, thinking that we're not going to win the league. You just have to look at things like that, though don't you? And we're going to win the league. We're going to win it by miles. I just, I just can't, can't see any way in which we don't. I know we had a wobble before Christmas, but to come back after that, after that wobble, score seven and then six, it's just you know, it's sign of champions. I know, champions.
2: I know it is, and that's why I saw it. there's there's there was a level of arrogance when I was seeing the goals go in yesterday. It was like, right, we've got we scored six goals. It was like. Okay, I'm not. Imp- it sounds weird, but I'm not impressed by that. It's just the standards have been set so high. You know, whilst you no know, the the game against Reading was such a high because not only was it seven, it was the fact that it was Reading, which is a team I can't stand. It was the fact that they messed us around. Ra- they messed us around with the whole uh, fixture to come up with and to do it in such a way. To all that, all coming, and then the high coming you know, off that, and then to score six against Bristol City. But I'm thinking, okay. Great. It doesn't shock me the way it does. And I think that's probably a great sign. Like, I'm sure Man City fans have the same thing. You know, there's only so many times you can score four past Burnley before it just becomes a case of, oh, OK, we expected you to do that. And that's what this Fulham team is doing. You know, I expect them to, in the next game, score you know, score three or four. And, and yeah. it's rather annoying if we only score two. It's, it's, a, it's a sign <laughs> yeah. of a brilliant team.
0: It's just a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? Um, we we scored 64 goals this season already, as I said, in our 25 games, which under Scott Parker, we took all season to score 64 goals. So it's it's just something else. I, I'm completely entertained and absolutely love this team at the moment. But on Saturday afternoon, Bristol City did have the lead twice, Will. Both very good finishes from Antoine Semenyo. But for all of the positives we can take from Tom Kernley's performance, I thought defensively he was beaten far too easily. And maybe Rodak was beaten far too easily. It's near post for that first goal too. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I do agree. Uh, like you say, I think Kenny's attacking play has to be appreciated. I thought he was excellent, but he just got turned quite easily. He was shown onto his strong foot uh, way too, way too comfortably. Uh, but they, they were great goals, uh, to be fair to to the Bristol City player, because well, yeah, they were just straight finishes and they caught us on the counter. And that's probably what we're we're vulnerable to the counter attack is something that we need to sort out. But lucky, it gave us a chance to come from behind for the first time in a year and a half. It, I think it was it showed character. I we've showed class this year, but I think the one thing we've lacked a bit is character because, like I said, we haven't come from behind in in ages until until Saturday. So yeah, I think that those two goals helped us. Yeah, show how strong the team is, the team cohesion and also Marco Silva in motivating the players, because it's always, it is always hard to motivate players when you have gone 2-0 down straight away.
2: So, so can I just say, like talking about the character, whilst, whilst I understand there is probably that element to it, I think part of it is just you know, what I we was saying earlier, was that this team is just so good that it got to say... Now, when we when we can see it after six minutes, which yeah, I think there is some blame to be put on Tom Kenny. He's not exactly a defensive person. We we're not exactly expecting to. I mean, he did a great job defensively, winning the tackle for the uh, goal later on, which we'll talk about. But he's not something defensively. But just in terms of squad, I, when we went behind after six minutes, I wasn't worried. And it's not a character thing. It was just a case of okay, they scored one. I still expect us with the firepower that we have to come back and get. I. I Thought we'd come back and get two or three. I didn't expect us to get six. but It was just a case of again. I'm not worried now if we go behind. whilst the stat itself um, about you know not can come from behind since the QPR game? I think it was during project restart. The whilst that is, but if we're I, I'm not worried about us going behind in games anymore because I know that we have this incredible team and everything is clicking and wonderful. So I don't, I, you know, character is probably something, but I think overall skill and quality. It's probably was probably the predominant uh preeminent factor there. Um but anyway.
0: My initial thought was back to Sheffield United when we fell behind so early on. Um, similar sort of fashion to you know, caught on the counter attack, and they smelt it as well. Bristol City, it was clearly part of their tactic, wasn't it? Because it was from was it from a Fulham corner, or certainly from a Fulham attack, keeper threw it out, and there were four of them that surged forward. And and Semenyo, yeah, he, he did turn Tom Kearney really easily, but let's be honest, Tom Kearney was part of that attack, and he did really well to get back and be in that position to to be defending in the first place. So credit to him for that. But yeah, he just, he let his man go past him far too easily. But let's not focus on the negatives too much because Mitro equalised pretty soon after. I think was it 14 minutes later. Um, I hesitated celebrating the goal, actually. I thought thought he may have pushed the defender. Um, But with hindsight, it was probably a nudge at best and another brilliant headed goal from one of our most prolific ever strikers, lads.
2: Yeah, I think as you, say, I I can understand why you would think that. Again, looking back at the replay and everything, there is a little bit of movement from the Bristol City defender to sort of instigate you, or maybe he was pushed. But I think, as you say, overall, benefit of the doubt and just good, decent physical centre forward play. It is what we you know expect of Mitrovic, and yeah, whilst he got it, whilst he got a hat trick it is a case of I'm running out of superlatives for him. There's again, it's something we expect of Mitrovic now. And it's something we've expected from him for years. If you put the ball in the right area, he will go and attack it. And it just happens that we've got someone in Harry Wilson who, you know, with a set pieces, but also in open play can put the ball exactly where you want it. And he's been reaping, you know, huge benefits from it.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And frankly, like you said earlier on, um, he just, he's one of those sisters in the right place at the right time. And uh, a striker's job is to score goals, even though Mitrovic has added more to his game than that this season with the dropping deep, playing passes, his assists. But at the same time, he still needs that traditional centre forward and he shows it most games anyway.
0: I absolutely love him. I don't know about you, lads, but I was saying this to someone the other day. I can't remember who I was talking to now. It must have been one of the lads at the Reading game. But... I always, it might have been Morgs actually, um, I always seem to celebrate Mitro's goals slightly more than I celebrate anybody else's goals. And it's just because it seems to mean as much to him as it means to us when he scores. He absolutely loves, he loves the club. He loves scoring goals for this club. Um, and and I don't know, I think it's just because I want him to get so many goals this season. I want him to absolutely annihilate all the records. Um, and that's kind of the, the side narrative to this season, isn't it? You know, you... Will Fulham get promoted? Will we get 100 points? Will we get 100 goals? Um, Will will Mitro score over 40? Because he's well on for it, isn't he? We've got another 21 games left and he only needs 13 and he's got 40 goals. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I just love the guy. I I can't say enough um, positive words about him. I absolutely love him. Um, But he did get an unlikely assist for Bristol City's second goal, didn't he? And it had been all Fulham. Um, since we equalised, all Fulham, all Fulham, we were going for that second goal. Mitro had a shot from thirty yards, which was blocked, and it ricocheted back into the path of Semenyo. Um, he turned Tim Ream on the halfway line and ran through and smashed the ball in off the post. Harrison Reed kind of shadowed him. Everyone was a little bit afraid to tackle him; didn't want, didn't want to take a red card. And I, I saw Tim Ream say on Twitter as well that somebody at him and criticised his defending for that second goal. And first of all, he said. I love the fact that you've asked me, do you think I didn't know that that was crap defending? Um, and then he said that um, he wasn't sure where Tosin was. So he wasn't sure if he was, you know, if he went to ground, would he get sent off? And um, that then changes the game. So it's probably sensible for him not to do it. Then Harrison Reed didn't do it either. Um, Tim has his faults, doesn't he? But I still think he's having an unbelievable season once again. And we're always going to concede a goal here and there, aren't we? Um, and, you know, we, we we conceded a couple at the weekend. It was another cracking finish from Semenyo, though, wasn't it? Fair play to him.
1: Yeah, it was. And like I say, it's just being vulnerable in the counter-attack again. Like you say, it's all full of, and Sometimes it's easy to get complacent when you have so much of the ball and you're having so many shots, you don't worry about it. And then suddenly the game's flipped on his head in a matter of two, three seconds and he's thrown a goal. But yeah, like you say, it's, it's another cracking finish and... I agree. I think Reams having an excellent season. It's the best I've seen him since the the Slav promotion season. Yeah, and he won Player of the Season that season. So, look, I don't think I think Mitrovic would definitely be Player of the Season. Of course I'll, he will. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that now. But I, I think Ream's been excellent. And again, whether it's silver, the silver effect, or whether Reams just having a really good season, I'm not sure. But it, the team seems to be gelling, and everyone's on top form at the moment.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's any spoiler alert to uh, suggest that Mitro will be winning Player of the Season this season. Um, and you know, you say we're vulnerable in the counter attack, but that second goal wasn't even a counter attack, or it wasn't orchestrated, was it? They just got very, very fortunate that um, that loose ball just cannoned back off of um, a Bristol City defender into the path of Semenyo, and he just did he did very well to uh, to take it a whole length of the pitch or half a length of the pitch and, and stick it in off the inside of the post, but. We then reacted absolutely superbly. We went crazy with four goals in 15 minutes, putting the game out of sight from the visitors from a losing position. Firstly, Cabano equalised with some superb centre-forward play from Mitro once again. But a goal which started with that tackle that you mentioned earlier, Baldo, from Tom Kearney, a great tackle, which he almost looked second favourite to get to. And then a brilliant deep cross from tesse which was headed back across for Cabano. Another, another classic goal, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, as I say, you know, Tom Kearney, when you think of Tom Kearney, you don't really think of him as a as a defensive stalwart. That's why I think I think it was the Nottingham Forest game that uh, that you and I went that you and I went to when we saw the team come through and it was Sarian and Kearney in midfield rather than uh Reid or something like that. We thought, oh, there's not a lot of bite in midfield, you know, it's a lot of creativity, There's not that solidity, as it were. Um but yeah, Tom Kearney on that occasion proved absolutely absolutely superb. He shows that he you know can put a tackle in which, given what he's been through with his, you know, with his injury. Um, it's just even, even more even, even more credit to him that he's willing to take that risk. Um, so that started off. And then Kenny Tete, it's pretty much the same as it was with with Harry Wilson. We know what Mitrovic's strengths are. And you go back to the start of last season, we thought that this was going to be some flourishing partnership between Tete and Mitrovic because they got like two assists in the first two games. They played each other some something them resigned. Um, but obviously Tete had, had his issues and Mitrovic was out of the team. But yeah, it just goes to show what we get. And then brilliant from Cabano as well. Just have that instinct to know that Mitrovic, he's going to win the header because you put the ball in there, he's going to win it. He may go on goal, goalkeeper may save it, He may, but to have that instinct to be in there for the follow-up, well, not for the follow but for the cross, superb positioning. Can't say enough about Cabano on that one either.
0: I think uh, this whole match, aside from the uh, defensive mistake he made, was vintage Tom Kearney. And dare I say it, he's back to his best. And I I must apologise because a few months ago, I suggested that he was nothing more than, than a bloke that was going to be carrying the water across the pitch for Fulham this season. Then he's come back in from injury. And I just I just kind of thought Tom Kearney is going to be one of those players who... You know, is, is always going to be injured every now and then with Fulham, and he's never going to really make um, any kind of valuable contribution ever again. But he's been absolutely outstanding since he's come back in. So sorry about that, Tom, and um, absolutely delighted uh, that, that he's back in in absolutely fantastic form. Will, I want to come to you on the next goal. Um, it was Fabio Carvalho, another player who is kind of dividing opinion at the moment because he hasn't signed that contract yet. But that was classic Carvalho, wasn't it?
1: Yeah it was and he's hit a bit of a dry patch recently I think he, he got COVID or injured or something So he didn't play for a few a few games Maybe a month or two or something And uh, now he's come back and he's starting started most games And today he, I think, showed, or Saturday even He showed how good he was I think we saw, like you say, the vintage Carvalho How good he was when he had that maybe run of seven, eight games Where he looked like the next Messi, oh, well. uh, yeah. but you know he looked great, and he again he, he showed that he showed why he why he was in the starting eleven, and I hope we see more of him. And like you said, I really hope he signs a contract because that's going to be another gem that we let go probably well for nothing if he doesn't sign a contract. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, he but if. It was a great run, wasn't it, Baldo, from almost from the halfway line where he picked the ball up? I think Tete brought the ball down on his chest and then touched it down. It was he had loads of time to do it, but he just took it down really well. And then Carvalho's running at the defenders, pulled away from his defender. Mitro opened up the gap, and then he's bent it into the uh into the bottom corner with a with a lovely, lovely finish. What what did you make of that goal?
2: I th- I th- I thought it was brilliant. I think we're gonna get on to what I thought was the goal of the day later, but I think that was a clear, a clear second place. And it's it's what we wanted and what we sort of demanded from Fabio Carvalho all the way through the season to be that second striker and to pick up the ball. And he's got he's he's got some pace to it. he's got some you know, he can dribble. He, that's what we Want to see them, and it, it's something we, I think, did miss at earlier parts of the season. Was that combination because there seemed to be a brilliant understanding between Carvalho and Mitrovic, and, as as a partnership, and even you know the small things like Mitrovic running away to create space for him. There was brilliant understanding, and it's been, you know, it's a shame that we haven't seen Carvalho, and what he, you know could properly be with the time these with the time he spent out, and obviously when he's come back to form and all the rumours surrounding his future and everything, but it's great to see. Hopefully something is sorted out, you know, hopefully the more and more certain that it looks like we're going to get promoted, then it might, then he might stick around for one more, you know, stick around for one more year or sign a contract that keeps us with him for a year, similar to Setsonion, as it were, um, and say, yeah, we'll get a season in the Premier League and then move on from there. So hopefully there is, I don't want to see us lose him at the end of the season. Uh, But yeah, whilst he's with us, if he can keep us, you know, ticking along in the line towards motion, then then all for it.
0: Just after the Fabio Carvalho goal, Bristol City had an attack and it looked a stonewall penalty for me, for Bristol City. But Bristol City didn't really appeal for it. Um, And it it wasn't in any of the highlights packages either, so I haven't seen it again. But have you guys seen it again? What, What did you make of it? Was it a penalty? No, like like you say,
1: um, I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I, I've watched a few different highlights and couldn't see it. But um, but the the thing is, but at the time, I I remember thinking that we were quite lucky to get away with it. I, I remember players on the floor. And he sort of, it was, I think it was Josh de Silva, wasn't it? And um, he sort of slid along the floor, and he just got straight back up. But I I don't know why he didn't stay down because for me, it just looked like a very dodgy tackle. The, there was none of the ball involved, so maybe we got away with that one. I don't know. I can't find it anywhere. So.
0: How about you, Baldo? You're out in the states, so you must have been watching it on TV. I mean, what what happened? Did they show? Did they show a yeah, replay? What did it look like?
2: Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get a replay. I was, I was having technical difficulties, so that little stretch of play, I saw the initial thing, but I didn't get it for the. Um, I didn't get it for the replay as it were. So I have no idea if they, even if they showed it. But from what I got from the highlights, again, just from the TV broadcast angle. I think it's, again, based off that one angle, I think it's one we probably may have got away with. It. And in a VAR world, um, it, it probably it probably got looked at, whether or not it had been overturned, different manner. But, yeah, I, in the grand scheme, I don't think it really mattered in the end.
0: The next goal, the fourth goal, was probably the uh, the most straightforward one of the lot, wasn't it? Tom Kenny corner, Metro header, back of the net. Easy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's vintage isn't it ken he used to take corners all the time and recently we've had different players on them harrison reed joe bryan he plays sometimes but yeah that, that kind of brought you back in a way and like, like i say Mitchevich is just a, a a striker that scores goals he he's added things to his game but he always just scores goals no matter what he does so that's what we need and it was another one of those really easy finish
0: yeah, you you can't defend against that, can you? He just rose above everybody and smashed it in with his forehead. And then the next goal, right before half-time, to make it 5-2 and well out of reach for the visitors, um, was probably Mitro's best goal of the lot. And I think Kearney set him up again, didn't he? He's taken it on his right foot, knocked it onto his left foot and just absolutely smashed it into the top corner. Keeper had absolutely no chance ball, though.
2: No, it wasn't. I'm just I'm just thinking about it. it's not really what you would expect a Mitrovic finish to be, you know, when you think about it. It's either with it's either with his head or a bit of a poacher's finish, as it were. But rifling it with his left foot into the top corner, I genuinely cannot remember many goals that he scored with his left foot. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he has scored some, but I generally can't remember because it's not one that you expect. Like You don't expect him to score many outside the box either. I think he's, again, off the top of my head, maybe got two or three. So it's not really what you expect for him. But brilliant finish. It just goes to show, you know, you were, make, you were making the comparison with um, Louis Sahar, um, not the direct comparison. But it's just one of those, like Louis Sahar was quite two-footed. You know, he could score brilliantly with, with his left or his right. Mitrovic doesn't really have as much left foot but if he's got that in his locker then you know maybe we've underestimated just how good his left foot is.
0: I mean I always stick up for Scott Parker but I've seen a few things on social media uh, in the last 24 hours I said to, to think that Mitrovic was just left out last season and then he's come back and he scored 27 goals it's just ridiculous isn't it he's unbelievable. Anyway we as I always say we we run out of superlatives to describe Alexander Mitrovic. And we could sit here and talk about Mitro all night. And then he goes, in the next game, he goes and scores three goals. And we're like, what more can we say about him? Another three goals, another another match ball. He must be running out of space at home. But the second half, that started at a similar pace to the way the first half was played out. Uh, But once Niskan's Cabano added the sixth, our foot came right off the gas. But we can't gloss over Cabano's goal, can we? Probably the pick of the bunch for me.
1: Yeah, it was a great touch. And the at a very tight angle so an excellent finish. Um you, sometimes you see Cabano do a few dodgy touches but I think that does show uh, show oh for fuck's sake. Sorry. I think that does show like Cabano's still got it and he got sent sent uh he got sent on loan under Scott Parker yeah. But I think it's these players that are point approved against Parker that seem to be doing the best this season. Mitrovic and Cabano have been excellent. I wasn't expecting Cabano to start all these games. Before the season, I'd have Cav and Bobby Reed in over Cabano, but he's been excellent this season. And yeah, I think he's been great, and that goal was, was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the way he's just brought it down, he completely, that defender just had no idea where the ball was, did he? He's kind of come over his shoulder bought it down and then in one movement he swiveled and smashed it into the top corner. Just an incredible finish. But the frustrating with Cabano is he then misses an absolute sitter. He should have had a hat-trick, shouldn't he, a few minutes later. The ball's come across to him and he's had all the time in the world and just somehow he's, I don't even know how he did it, but he sliced it wide. Just awful, awful.
1: Yeah, he is a bit inconsistent sometimes, but I think when Cabano's on form, he's one of the best wingers in the league, and I think that's what we saw on Saturday. He he was on top form and probably one of his best games of the season, to be fair.
0: Yeah, completely agree with you, actually. Well, with one eye on Tuesday's match against Birmingham at the Cottage, Kearney and Cabano made way for Bobby Reid and Nathaniel Chalobah, and then Rodrigo Muniz came on for Mitro as the game played out with little else to report, really. It's just, you know, after that sixth goal, that was it. It just fizzled out, didn't it? And that's absolutely fair enough, you know, there's no point in uh, really, really going for it when you've got another game in three games' time. I'm sorry, three days' time. But the three points takes us back to the top of the league with the game in hand. Barring any further COVID post payments, I see us staying there this time. As I said earlier, our poor pre-Christmas form has to be a thing of the past after these two incredible scorelines. Surely, Baldo, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think I think the, it's the, the the Christmas the Christmas break. I think does a world of good. You know, I think I think that's probably why Tom Kearney was at his absolute best yes. So when you think of, you know, what he's had to, what he's had to come back from, to have that, you know, almost three, um, uh, three weeks back, um, back in the team, then you see, it, it's done him the world of good, um, and I think it's doing the rest of the team the world of good as well, so yeah, you One, know, I, I assume we should, we should be able to beat Birmingham, and then again, I think once we got that gap at the top, I, again, I can't see us, I can't see us, I'm not not saying we're going to drop points but i just can't say it's a relinquishing from where we get to that point once we've got that initial cushion
0: of course we're going to drop points we're not going to win 21 games in a row but we just we should we turn up to every game expecting to win now um and that's the way it should be and that's the the sign and the form of champions that's exactly how what our attitude should be let's come on to birmingham then um, have you guys both seen the the video of Birmingham manager Lee Bowyer's post match interview at Preston on Saturday when he was told about the Fulham score?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great, and that's Brilliant. another thing that you like to see. Managers are scared of playing us. That's that's what we want. We we want to be the scariest team in the league. We want to be the Man City of the Championship. That's that's what you want to do. We want managers looking at schedule and, and worrying about the game that's coming up against us. So. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens against Birmingham, but I can't see us losing, really.
0: Well, for anyone who hasn't seen that video of, uh, of Lee Bowyer, then dig it out on, uh, on social media. But basically, he, was, he found out that Fulham had scored six against, um, against Bristol City during the interview and his face dropped. And then he basically says something along the lines of, well, that's going to be a laugh. Then can't wait for that. Did you see it, Baldo?
2: I did. Yeah. And I think this, this does also come back to the fact that because, because he's had experience of this uh, in the season, because we beat them. Was it 4-0? 4-1? No, 4-1. We scored four up at St. Andrews. Yeah, 4-1. Uh, 4-1, thank you. We scored four up at St. Andrews earlier in the season. um So yeah, so he knows what, what we can do. And yeah, I don't think we were properly in our, properly in our stride um back then, but now, after the coming back where we scored 13 goals in the space of two games, again, he's just thinking, oh, crap, we've got to, go, got to go through this again. So I can totally understand, you know, why, again, if we were in the same situation, you know, all the jokes we go around of, yeah, it's going to be a tough night for us. So I can see exactly why Lebo is saying exactly the same.
0: Yeah, well, we've had some good battles with Birmingham over the years. Same team again for you for this one, Baldo? Uh,
2: yeah, you know, barring, barring any changes, I know we've, uh, you know, one of the concerns when all this uh, fixture postponement and everything was going on was, oh, it's going to put a bit of a strain on the side, and players are going to have to rotate in, and you know, because we because we don't have the squad at the moment. But again, you don't ch- you don't change your winning you don't change your winning formula, especially if it's you know this it, incredible of a winning formula. So yeah, you know, barring someone getting an injury or someone getting uh, picking up an illness in the week, then you'd expect it you'd expect it to be exactly the same team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Silva now knows his best squad. And if he can play the exact same team, I think he will. Um, If Kearney's tired, then maybe he'll have to be dropped. But I I watched an interview um, that he did for FFC TV, and he just seemed to be loving football. And he said the more games he plays, the more fit he feels. So I think he's ready to go again. Uh, I I do think the reason why he lost his mojo a bit and maybe got injured more was because he was playing one every... I don't know, eight games or, or something like that, or you know, he, he wasn't playing very much, and it was just very stop and start for him. Now he's consistently back in the team. I, I think he'll stay fit, and if it's him and Reed again I've, in the in the pivot, I've got absolutely no complaints because Reed is an excellent player, especially at championship standards. And Kearney was absolutely amazing on Saturday. So, yeah, I'm very happy to get the team the same. Obviously, Mitrovic, uh, Wilson was excellent, Cabano was excellent. Carvalho is excellent. I, I don't see anything that needs to be changed, really.
0: Tom Kenny was taken off at seventy minutes with one eye on Tuesday night, wasn't he? So Tom Kenny's going to play one hundred percent. the only question mark I would have had um, about the substitutions that Silva made on on Saturday was the fact that uh, Marco Marco Silva Harry Wilson uh, was down injured for a little bit, um, and I wondered if he might be taken off as a precaution. But he played the whole game and he seemed to be okay, so uh yeah I, I think it's probably going to be the same team um and then we've got another big game against stoke on uh, on saturday as well haven't we but all the while the team's playing this well uh and and you've got the likes of chalaba bobby reed waiting in the wings just in case anybody does get injured but they're getting they're getting minutes at the moment so you know they're they're fit enough uh, for for the first team then we're in a really good position i think so long may it continue Birmingham haven't won since the 27th of November and currently sitting at 18th place in the Championship. Lads, how do you see the game going?
1: Uh, demolition, hopefully. Uh, I hope it's another, <laughs> uh, I hope it's another five, five plus goals because, you know, people watched us score 13 goals in, in two games and were amazed. Imagine if we can get out to 18 or 19 or even twenty in three games, you know that. that would don't be want crazier. much.
0: Don't want much, do you? Now there's an expectation, though, isn't there? We've won, we've won seven and six. Now you're thinking, well, we've got to do that every week.
1: Yeah, that is true, but I, I do feel like Birmingham are a really similar team to Resin in the fact that, well, they're Shit. not very good, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't see any way we're not going to dominate the ball and create chances. Again, if Mitrovic keeps getting in the right places, there's no reason why he can't score seven goals himself, let alone everyone else contributing. So, yeah, look, I'm not saying it'll be seven, but I think we'll be in control and I don't think we should be too worried. I think it'll be similar to Renin. Maybe not as many goals, but the same in the fact that we'll dominate the game.
0: I think the fact that that Lee Bowyer has been on TV... Like pulling a face when he's found out the score and gone. Well, that's going to be fun for us, then, isn't it? On Tuesday, it's not what you want to hear from your manager, is it? Even if, even if you're thinking that as a manager, you should probably put your game face on and go. Ah, oh, well, look, you know, for a good team and and toe the line a little bit. You know, Lee Bowyer's been around long enough to to know the right things to say. So, I, I think it's fair to say that he's probably shitting himself a little bit. But Baldo, we have still got to get the job done, haven't we?
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing we've got to sort of warn about, you know, as much as we're sort of enjoying all this stuff oh, and you that stuff, we said exactly the same before we went to Blackpool. So we know that yeah. we know that this can come, we we know this can come back and come back and bite us. So there is always that level of, yes, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's, you know, let's be called you know, based on what we've done. We should be, but always just have that bit in the back of your mind of there is always the, there is always the possibility that, you know, this goes wrong, you know, against a good side or, or even a bad side. You know, there is always this is the championship. You know what, you know what can happen, you know? Uh, Derby, you know, Derby pick up against Sheffield United, for instance, the other day. We we know that results can happen, so that's not, and I'd say, feel free to get carried away if you so desire, but just know that the risk is always there.
0: The thing is, I, I don't want to compare us to Man City, of course I don't, but the comparison with Man City is that. When a good bunch of players come together and they're firing on all cylinders, then they can absolutely punish any team in the division that they're in. And that's what Man City do and are doing this season. They're they're getting some big scores and they're consistent. And I I see us as a similar sort of team, albeit on a a lower level, to, to Manchester City because we are by far and away the best team in this division. We've got the best players, we're the best squad, we've got a great manager, we're playing well, we're confident, we're smashing teams. So what, you know, why should we win 7-0 one week and then lose 1-0 the next? It it just doesn't make any sense. We're we're good enough for that not to happen. So with that in mind, give me your score predictions lads. Uh
1: I think I'll go 4-0. Um I don't think we'll concede but like I say 7 7- I mean, no matter how many times you score seven, it's still very ambitious to guess. So, But yeah, I think 4-0 and all of the ball for Fulham, really.
0: Good stuff, mate. Like it.
2: Baldo? 4-0 and Harry Wilson's going to get his first goal direct from free kick this
0: uh, this game as well. Very specific, but that'll do me. That'll do me. All right, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening and thanks, Baldo and Will, for joining me. We'll be back on Thursday this week with all the fallout from Tuesday night's game with Birmingham. And we'll, of course, look ahead to Saturday's match at Stoke City too. Have a great week and speak to you then. Cheers.